Those songs give us a wonderful, precious, and marvelous message, even this particular time, as we celebrate or as we remember our Lord Jesus Christ in preparation for the Christmas day that is just round the corner. And today, basically all the message that we're going to share this morning, I would say basically we, the, the gist of it all has been given unto us through the songs that we have read and so much so through the readings that we have heard this day. And the main topic or the main head of what it is that I'm going to share today is something that we have written uh, that came from the pastoral office that is to, uh, in the newsletter if you see the message for this month for the newsletter it has got to do with open heavens that you know is a message that came to us with regard to the open heavens that God is looking forward to release and to manifest in each one of our individual lives and as I meditated on this particular message for today, I was amazed at how it came in together as I realized Christmas basically is pointing us towards that particular wonderful moment when the, when the heavens basically were opened for you and for me. We have heard from Margaret's poem, we have heard from the songs we have sung, and that is the scripture we begin in, we begin with. We have read about the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have read about how the angel appears to Mary and gives her that wonderful message. But the main crust of it is found in that one verse, that John chapter 3 verse 16, where he says, For God so loved the world, God so loved you and God so loved me, that he gave his only begotten son. And he, he comes out with a principle it is something that sprang out unto me as I was reading that, that scripture and looking at this, uh, this word that we are sharing today. It dropped into my spirit. He says that whosoever believes in him. And there is something about that believing in him. He was coming once again reestablishing a principle that runs through every particular strain of God's kingdom. Whoever believes in him. And we shall come to, we shall come to understand. It, it is like laying, this message is like laying a foundation. I, I, I sense in my spirit. The Lord wants us to go on a, a, a certain tangent with regard to faith. And uh, understanding the principle of faith. And growing our faith in God. And being able to establish ourselves and be rooted in this grace of faith. That he releases unto those that believe in him. Remember what he has said as a place. Without faith it is impossible to believe him. To, to please God. And here he comes and he tells us. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him. Should not perish. But have everlasting life. And as we look at this word. I want you to look. Picture your eyes again to the Garden of Eden as we come to look at this gift that God has given unto us. Justice, justice ruled, if I may say, in the Garden of Eden because God is just. God is righteous. And so the Garden of Eden was governed and it was overseen by justice. Everything was right. Because it is established, the kingdom of God, as we know, is established on righteousness. 
And that's how the Father desired and longed that it be made manifest throughout the history of mankind. Justice emanating, everything being just, everything being right, all for the glory of his wonderful name. But when man sinned, something interesting happened. Justice, because it is just, justice demanded that heaven be closed to earth forever. Because her earth or the world had become corrupt. And as a result, it could not be able to abide or to align itself ever again to the just principles of the kingdom of God. Always let's ring in your spirit. It is the Father's pleasure to give unto you and unto me the kingdom. But the kingdom is a kingdom of justice. And he, he, as he declared, as I've said, justice demanded that heaven be closed forever, that his earth was to die. Justice demanded that the world and all in it must perish. Why? Because the command was that the moment you sin, as he told Adam, the moment you disobey this particular command, you will die. And Adam, because he was the source, the reason of earth coming into being. If Adam dies, then earth dies as well. It goes along with it. I was, I, Marvel, I was blessed by a message that our sister Sarah was sharing last Sunday on Thanksgiving. And she shared something that I didn't thought of. It crossed my mind. I smiled as she was sharing. When she touched the aspect that, Look at all the other planets in the, in the whole solar system. They are dead. There is nothing that is living on them. They are barren rock, ice, cold, and you know, very hot. Those ones that are next to the sun. Everything has been wiped out and destroyed. And it made me marvelous as she was sharing. The thought was going through my mind. Surely when God made everything, or everything and before even the beginning, there must be some beautiful, because God is a beautiful God. And everything about him is glorious and wonderful. Something definitely happened to have destroyed all this creation. Whatever was in creation was totally ruined and destroyed. And, but one place remains blue, even in the whole space. If you look at the space pictures, you look, the earth looks beautiful when compared to all the other, all the other, all the other planets. Why? Because there was something unique about this particular place. But as being like, we may, we may call it, the, there's those feelings, they call them the final frontier. We may say it was the farthest. As being in that particular place where it was, the Lord had mercy. That is, you realize what he did at the beginning. Because justice had demanded that the earth, or rather heavens, be closed. And when the door of heaven was closed, mankind, you know, everything to mankind, everything became negative and destructive. Negative and destructive forces got into operation and started to running into the affairs of humanity. And uh, closed heavens, basically, you can imagine what that means. That is essentially what it means over your life and over my life. When the heavens are closed over us, everything starts to go negative and destructive. Many of the things that we lay hands, even if it may appear to be starting to prosper, in due time again, it takes the nose dive and starts to go down. There's something interesting that happened in the Garden of Eden. That wonderful Garden of Eden, when 
the heavens were closed over it suddenly. That garden which was glorious and wonderful, and it was a paradise. It changed from being a paradise into being an inhabitable jungle. A place where man and woman walked freely, joyously, and happily. Suddenly it became a terrifying place to live. Or a terrifying place to try even to appear. Here, first of all, he says, there was an angel who had been placed there with a flaming sword going around, knowing that any time man appears anywhere here, he's gone. He's zipped over because he's an angel with a flaming sword, a sword of fire, to destroy mankind and anything of mankind that comes close to the tree of life. Meaning a place where man was supposed to enjoy, or woman was supposed to enjoy, became a place of danger. Why? Because the heavens were closed. Suddenly it became inhabitable. For man, the wild animals, which he used to touch and enjoy, they suddenly became ferocious. Although they feared man, still, if they could get a chance, they would kill and destroy man. We can see what is happening on the earth right now. Realize something interesting again. If you go to the book of Genesis, just I want you to keep, keep that thing. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Remember again in Genesis chapter 2 verse 16. We are talking of the close when the heavens were closed over man. And realize at the time before the heavens were closed. Hear what the Lord told Adam. In chapter 2 of Genesis verse 16, he said to Adam, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Here, of every tree of the garden, of every tree of the garden, you may eat. He said, well, you may eat freely, or that you may freely eat. But of course, we know he had told him of that tree of knowledge and good. He must not touch it. But before that, he said, of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat. Suddenly, after the heavens were closed, the trees that were supposed to produce fruit always, every good fruit, suddenly, if you go to chapter 3 of Genesis, you discover something interesting happens in chapter 3, of, about chapter 3 verse 18. When the heavens were closed, the Bible says from verse 17, then Adam, uh, Adam said, because you, then to Adam God said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten the tree of which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat of it, cast is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth to you. The trees that once used to give, you know, the fruit, every fruit that man would have desired, he just needed to turn to any tree, and the tree will give the fruit that he longed for. Suddenly, they were giving thorns. Suddenly, even the, the plants they became, they, they became hostile to man. You know what a thorn tree does to you if you go near it. You know the brambles when you try them to go to get the, the berries from them. They are out to pierce you, and you know, always, everything became hostile against mankind, against human, men and women alike. You realize, essentially, a closed heaven resulted in death and destruction of most that, of what was beneficial to mankind. Everything and all that was beneficial to mankind started to die or to diminish or to, de to be destroyed. A closed heaven resulted in the change from a life lived by faith. 
realize, it says, whenever man will turn to any tree, he will find the fruit he wanted. Faith is one you want to realize. That's something that you know, sparked in my spirit. The Garden of Eden was a garden where faith was very vibrant. Everything was lived by faith in that particular garden. And why do I say that? If you look in Romans chapter, if you look in Romans chapter, chapter 1 and verse 16, you get a glimpse of what it is. It says there in verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. I want you to realize Adam was just. Adam and Eve. At creation, after they were brought forth, they were just. They lived by faith. Basically, that's what the scripture is telling us. Meaning, if they needed anything, by faith, oh, I would desire an orange. They turn to the orange tree, the orange will suddenly re release the orange, the orange that they re require. They desire a mango tree, a mango, the mango tree will suddenly give forth. That faith, there is something, I was looking at it and realized, that garden was a strange garden, if you may call it in our time. They lived by faith. But I realized, suddenly, when the heavens were closed, suddenly faith sort of disappeared. And from living a life by faith, things were changed and man started to live a life of toil and sweat. And that's what the Bible says if you look in, in Genesis chapter in Genesis chapter 3 and, and, and around verse, around verse yeah, from verse 18 it says, But thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread. That's essentially there before. Man and woman never needed to sweat. There was no you know, having to work hard to be able to get anything. Why? Because the faith principle is a strange principle. It is a principle whereby when I turn right, what I needed is already there. That's why the Bible says before even you ask, he has already answered. Why? Because he knows what you need. And so, mankind, for many, many, all those thousand years, we have now gotten accustomed to what the curse has availed unto us. The curse was, we must toil and sweat so that we may eat bread. And as a result, even within the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, faith has now been linked that I've got to work hard and sweat so that I may be able to eat bread. That is what the curse had put forth. But I want you to turn back and realize what he says. The just shall live by faith. I'm not saying you don't work. Hey, don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you go sit on your... Because we are still in the world. We've got to do things in the way that we have got to survive in the world. But we are entering into a kingdom. There is a new experience that God is desirous to release in you and to release in me so that we may be able to experience the fullness of the kingdom for the glory of his holy name. I want you to realize, in that garden, mankind, they turned they turn his focus from God's will unto self. 
And because they turned their focus from God's will unto itself, then toil and sweat came into being. As long as we focus on the, on the, on the kingdom, as long as Adam and Eve focus on the will of God, tend the garden, just make sure it is wonderful and clean and nice, rejoice in the fact that my presence is here. Every fruit they desired was available. Everything God attended to their need. Do you know why the psalmist says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. There is a principle of faith that is again operating in that particular scripture. He says, because the shepherd knows what you need. The shepherd knows what you desire. If only you and I could learn to lift him high. To worship him and give him what he desires to do his will. Just love him. Love your brother. Love your sister. Reach out to the needy when you have the need. You know, reach out to the needy. Attend to the needy. As we attend to his will, you'll be surprised. Every need that we have shall be met. We may not even have to go struggling. Oh God, please do this for me. Do this for me. No. Why? Because he knows what you need. He knows what I need. And as we do his will, the just shall live by faith. He does not delight in our, you know, always, you know, we are crying always before him. Oh, oh, why haven't you done this for me? Oh, please do this for me. Psalms is full of that particular kind of approach. But Jesus comes to give us a different approach. And that's why we come back to this word. For God so loved the world that whoever believes in him, he gave him, that he gave his only begotten son so that the one who believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What is it saying? It says, love stood at the closed door of heaven. Love came and stood at that particular closed door of heaven. And from the other side, it could see through what was happening in the world and what was being experienced in the world. Death and destruction was reigning uh, everywhere. And love decided something very wonderful. It sought to reintroduce the principle that once governed the life of man on earth. Living by faith. And that's why he said, I'm giving you a son. My son, if any one of you believes in him, that is faith in operation. You don't do anything to believe in him. You simply believe him. You simply trust him. And as we place our trust and our confidence in him, everything about us starts to come into place. We stop the struggle of struggling ourselves to put things right. We put our trust in him and we seek to praise him, to honor him, just to exalt him and to magnify him in all that we do. We seek to obey his command. That is one of the things of putting our trust in him. And when his command says, turn right, I automatically turn right. I don't question it. I don't bother even to question it. The moment I hear his voice, he tells me, Paul, turn left. I turn left. He tells me, Paul, drop that thing. I don't argue with him. I let go. He tells me Paul love that brother love that sister I don't say ah no you know that he has hurt me I love him and he says this is the gift I'm giving to the world if you believe him hear him everything he says look to him don't look to the left or to the right focus on this one that I'm giving you because in him everything that humanity needs or longs for is packed by faith 
it will be drawn out of him and it will come out unto you. My faith, the healing, the healing, the power, the strength you are looking for, it will be drawn out of him. It is not by you conjuring anything that you don't focus him so much so that you may be able to bring it out. No, it is a work of the spirit. The spirit will somehow, as we put our faith and our trust in him, the spirit will suddenly release that particular grace in your life and in my life. And you will find the thing you've been longing for, the character you've been longing for, the thing you've been desiring to experience in your life, it starts to emanate, to come into being. Why? Because you believe. That's why I say love stood at that particular door. And it sought to reintroduce the principle that once governed the life of mankind on earth. And that is living by faith. Remember, the just shall live by faith. It's not but why you think. It's not by what you are able to do. Understand when he tells Zerubbabel, it's not by might, it's not by power, but by my spirit. We are so used to doing everything by our might, by our intellect, by how well we can plan it, by how well we can execute it. And we plan it and we, you know, we, we present it in that particular fashion. But I want you to realize something about, look at the entertainment industry. In the entertainment industry, it's so wonderful. They will put the lights and they will change the scenario of the whole place. It will look so wonderful and nice. You will think you are swimming on the clouds. They will even bring smoke, smoke clouds on the stage. You will feel that you are in the clouds as that song is singing or that performance is going. But it's all a lie because it's not real. At the end of it, when they switch all the things, you realize I'm back on the dry earth. Nothing, nothing has changed. The experience I had was just a fleeting, a fleeting experience. But faith is different. The faith of the just materializes that thing. And God wants to back that grace of faith in you and in me, in the Hope Community Church, in the name of Jesus Christ. We have been called Hope Community Church, not just for fun. It's because the faith of God releases that particular hope in you and in me that is going to change that whole society, even this particular nation, for the glory of God in the name of Jesus Christ. The just shall live by faith. And the Lord is looking as he stood at that particular door. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, his only begotten son, that whosoever believes, whosoever puts his or her faith in him, whosoever trusts him, he says he should not perish. Isaiah tells us, if you can read that scripture on the, on the program that we have, for unto us a child is born. Unto us, that is Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. Unto us a child is born. And unto us a son is given. For the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And to us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder. You know something? 
every government, be it the Tory government or a Labour government or Republican or Democratic, whatever government it is that may be placed, one of the things they promise that they keep on uh, uh, telling its, uh, its subjects is this one thing, that we shall seek to provide all that you need. We shall provide the roads. We shall even, if it is in the, in the United Kingdom, it has given the provision. We provide the welfare system to even care for those ones who are not able to get anything. There is, and every government seeks to be at the top. It is seen to be handing over. That's what the king was even in, the, in Britain there before. Everybody belonged to the king or the queen. And hence, the king or the queen is expected to feed his subjects. He will provide whatever they need. He's supposed to provide. That's what proves him to be a king or a queen. And this is what the scripture is telling us. Unto us a son is given. Why? God knew the principle that will govern the kingdom of God was in Eden. It was zipped up. Faith ceased to be. But he brings his son again so that the kingdom that once was may be realized yet once again. That kingdom that flows through the veins of faith in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at how Mary received it. Just as you know, he, he was told, she was told, she was told as the heavens opened over Mary and over Israel and hence over the whole world. Love had found that door and it opened that door once again. And here you are, the king himself, stepping out, he says, he breath, he, 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 breath, he fought for his breath, as Stuart says us. And he was fighting for you as he fought for his breath. He walked your road, he walked my road. He experienced your pain and my pain. The word, you know, that song encourages us and he says, as he says, that when the one thing that, you know, as he experienced. Your joy and your sorrows. What we go through on this side of this particular door of the closed heavens. But he had come and the moment he came through, he broke that place open. Meaning the curse was to rule no more in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we draw towards the close. I told you this message is more of a laying a foundation of something that God is looking to establish in us in this coming year and that is the principle of faith it shall be seen made manifest gloriously and wonderfully in a manner that you have not seen not just in me but in you individually whatever it is that you're going to be if what i'm hearing is right the lord will accomplish a great work in you for the honor of his wonderful name is that scripture that we have shared again on the newsletter, that is John chapter 1 and from verse 15. It is the time when Nathaniel comes to Jesus. And if you can begin from verse 47, John chapter 1 from verse 47 up to verse 52, the word of God says, Jesus saw Nathaniel coming toward him and said to him, Behold an Israelite in whom is no deceit. Nathaniel said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathaniel answered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said to Nathaniel, 
Because I said this, that I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe you will see greater things than this? Because Nathaniel believed, he was told he will see greater things than this. Why? Nathaniel had tapped into the principle that governs the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not in toil and sweat. The kingdom of God is found in faith, in believing. And I want you, as you live today, I want you to start crying out unto God, Father, open my heart, open my eyes unto this principle that governs your kingdom. For he says, the just shall live by faith. You have made me just. You have made me righteous by Christ Jesus. I want to live in this kingdom by the principle that governs this particular kingdom. That's why he says somewhere, now there remains three things. He says, there is faith, there is hope, and there is love. Then he says, the greatest is love. But I want you to realize, he says, now there remains. Faith continues on through, even into eternity. For it is the principle that governs the kingdom of God. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. That's why the angels run to do his command. They believe his word. When he says, go, they are gone. They don't question. When he says, deliver, they deliver. Why? Because here the word of God says in chapter, chapter 1 verse 51, he says, and he said to Nathaniel, most assuredly, I say to you, hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of God. The government shall be upon his shoulder. And when you have your faith in him, the angels ascend and descend on him. Your every need will be met. Your every desire will be met. The bondage you have been in will be broken. The situation you have been in that is difficult will be turned around. The government shall be upon his shoulder. Have faith in him. You don't go to work it out yourself. Work it out in the grace that he gives by his government. That he, has give, that he has come to establish in our midst in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, let these words settle in our spirits. For God so loved the world. Why did he love the world? He loved the world that he gave his only son. And the giving of his son was for these one main purpose. To reestablish the principle that governs the kingdom of heaven. Believe in him. Believe in him. Believe in him. Whatever you are going today, whatever you are listening, make it a point as we close this year. I am going to believe. I am going to be a believer. I am going to believe him. He says salvation comes to us. Salvation touches every area of your life. Be it financial, be it spiritual, be it physical, every aspect, relation-wise, every aspect of your life. You heard Linda say, her friends ask her, why are you always so positive? Because whosoever believes in him 
in the Lord Jesus Christ. The government is upon his shoulder. You will have a reason to rejoice. Even in the midst of COVID-19, you will still smile and say, Jesus is Lord. He reigns, and so I'm going to reign with him. Shall we pray?